0: You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.church. Good morning and happy Easter. It strikes me that we have been doing this with the video camera and such for about a year. It was... The end of March, whenever I preached my first sermon for Winsboro, and I had to do it through a video camera, and here we are, the beginning of April, a year later, and I'm preaching to a video camera still. Now, I'm grateful we've started our in-person worship services, and we've been doing those for a while, and things are going well, and I'm hoping that our live Easter service goes well, too. I'm looking forward to it, but... Yeah, what a year it's been. Goodness, I feel like I've aged significantly over the past year. Uh, I shaved off my beard a few weeks ago, partially because it was getting so gray. <laughs> uh, it's It's been a crazy year, and I don't know what next year will bring. Or the year after that, the year after that. And if you look back throughout history, there have been some very, very crazy years. But this time of year, the spring, particularly this coming Sunday, Easter, an emphasis on the resurrection story, reminds us that whatever is crazy in the world, we live on this side of the open tomb. We live on this side of defeated death. We live in a a new world, ushering a new hope where we have life, where we have the spirit where Jesus has conquered. And what we experience now, is insignificant compared to what awaits us. And now we live under the reign of Jesus our King, our risen, powerful, undefeatable King. Last week we finished up the Gospel of Mark. This year we're looking at the story of Jesus. Uh, the life of Jesus, as is depicted in the four gospel accounts. And we're not going in the order of our New Testament. We start with Mark, and now we're going to Luke. We're going to then go back to Matthew, and then end with John. But concluding last week, we talked about the resurrection. Now that it's actually the day Easter, we're starting Luke, the beginning of Luke, normally the... Christmas story. Uh, So I'm doing things a little bit out of the normal schedule, but it's okay because his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, all of it is woven together in this fabric that brings hope from page one to the last page. And there's some ups and there's some downs along the way. But even at the beginning, we see in the Gospel of Luke, an anticipation of God doing something amazing. And for the next two weeks, we're looking at this idea of embracing the sacred. God is doing amazing things, and it is sacred what he is doing. And you know, We live in a very physical, uh, secular world. A mundane, ordinary world, if you will, where we can expect gravity to hold us down and we can know that uh, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and then set. But it, it becomes normal to us. But God is sacred. And He isn't just sacred somewhere distant way off. He has come into this world, into our lives, especially in the story of Jesus, what we've been looking at, and the sacred breaks in to the secular, to the mundane. And I want us to appreciate that and respond with amazement that when we can see the sacred unfold before our eyes, unfold in the pages of scripture, in the story of Jesus, when we can see the sacred unfold, I hope we're moved to marvel at it, like those early recipients did, to be amazed and to break into worship, because we see it and appreciate it for what it is. God at work. Non-believers just go through the secular, to the secular, to the secular, to the secular. As believers, we try to hone our eyes and our minds and our hearts, especially to see the sacred. And when we see the sacred, we don't just shrug it off and keep going. No, we, we grab hold of it, we embrace it. We marvel at it and wonder at it and respond in worship and at the conclusion of Jesus's earthly story when he rose from the grave we marvel and we embrace that amazing moment and break out in worship and the worship of Easter service is so encouraging and i hope that you're encouraged this morning even if you can't be there in person just to know that Jesus is still risen, and we as his followers proclaim his resurrection and celebrate his resurrection. But it didn't just happen at the end of the book. Let's go back to chapter one of Luke and look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Luke chapter one, verse 39. In those days, Mary got up and went hurriedly into the hill country, to a town of Judah, and entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child in your womb. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? For the instant the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, she responds, she breaks out in worship. She embraces the sacred moment that she's sharing here with Elizabeth. And Mary says, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. For from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. From generation to generation, he is merciful to those who fear him, He has demonstrated power with his arm. He has scattered those whose pride wells up from the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants, Forever, So Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. Verse 56 kind of pulls us back into the secular, into the mundane, into the normal. Mary had gone to visit a relative, something a lot of people do. She went because she heard news of something amazing. Her relative was pregnant, even though she was advanced in age. And Mary herself had been told that she would become pregnant, even though she was a virgin, because she would be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon her, and she would conceive the very Son of God. And the angel Gabriel had told her, Mary, even your relative Elizabeth is pregnant in her old age, nothing is impossible with God. So Mary goes and visits Elizabeth, greets her and the baby leaps in her womb and Elizabeth, filled with Holy Spirit, blesses Mary and then Mary breaks into song. The moment turns from just an ordinary meeting into one of something sacred is happening and Mary is embracing the work of God in her life, And in the entire world, knowing, believing, guessing, wondering, being amazed that this child that's going to be born in her would fulfill the plans and the work of God and would be king. She is a peasant. Would be the mother of the greatest king of all time. And so her song is all about the world turning upside down. the, The haughty and the proud... Those like King Herod or the Roman government, like Pontius Pilate, they're going to be brought low. They are going to be confronted with the limits of their power. But God's going to lift up the humble. And Jesus is going to have humble origins with this young peasant girl and change the world and even conquer death. Now, she doesn't know that yet. We got the whole gospel of Luke to get there, and we're going to be studying that the next couple of months. Looking at the Gospel of Luke and how Luke shows us this marvelous, amazing picture of Jesus, a Jesus who long, who, who desires, who is going to turn the world on its head, who's going to stand up for the low, who's going to lift them up through his teaching and his concern and his miracles and his love. And, you know, Jesus is about building up those who are low, especially in the Gospel of Luke. And those who are high, who take issue with it, they're going to come down. Mary anticipates that. She can't have known even close what Jesus's life was actually going to look like. I don't believe she knew that at this point he was going to suffer and die. But, you know, God is at work. Something sacred is happening. God is breaking into the mundane and the normal and the secular, doing something beyond and amazing. And she responds with, my soul exalts, my soul magnifies the Lord. I am amazed at what he does. I heard a guy a year or two ago talk about preachers and preaching, and I was at a preacher conference, and I know that sounds so exciting to you. You would love to be at one of those. Uh, This guy was actually a comedian, and he was pretty funny. He was a uh, minister, but he did kind of comedy on the side as his hobby, and he he was pretty good at it. He made us laugh quite a bit. But he, he wasn't just there to make us laugh. He made the point that as a preacher, he said, Don't try to be a comedian. I enjoy it as a hobby, but when I preach, when I teach, when I give lessons, I'm not trying to be a comedian. Sometimes funny things, you know, are part of it, and that's okay to laugh. I mean, God made some funny things, and that's okay, but don't try to be a comedian because what a comedian does is he finds the absurdity in the normal. He, he, lo- he looks at the normal things and realizes some of the absurd nature of it, and he points it out. And that's kind of the, the comedian's go-to, you know, what they get the material from. They look at something normal, and then they pick it apart and make you realize how funny and crazy and insane it is. He said... Preaching and teaching, we don't take the normal and try to point out how absurd and amazing and crazy it is. He said, we've got a crazy, absurd, amazing story, a marvelous story. He said, unfortunately, a lot of preachers can tend to make it normal. Oh, what a crime. We miss something there. Uh, We don't need to try to normalize it. We need to let it be amazing. And when people read it, experience it, interact with it, engage with God doing sacred and amazing things. Even in small moments, I mean, Mary is walking into a house saying hello to her, her relative Elizabeth. And the baby jumps in the womb but they recognize there's something special right now. And and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and blesses Mary and Mary breaks out into song because it is sacred. It it might be small according to some people. King Herod in his palace or the Caesar in Rome, didn't really care about this young girl walking into her relative's house and a baby kicking or jumping in the womb. He doesn't see it, but Mary and Elizabeth do. And Luke opens up that window so that we can see it too. And be amazed by it. Marvel at it. Not as the biggest miracle ever. No, it's not. (laughs) But it's uh, an example, a great example for us to follow that in that moment, they embraced the sacred nature of what was going on. And when you do that, you respond in praise. That's how you embrace the sacred. Really, Sunday morning is about embracing the sacred. We have normal, mundane, secular lives filled with lots of secular stuff, but we stop we carve out a time and we say, we're going to push that stuff out. And we're going to believe and be faithful to this idea that God is at work. Not was at work, but is at work and is still at work. And one day we'll complete that work, complete his promises. And we praise God for it. We embrace the sacred, just like Mary did in this song, this poem, this I mean, these verses where Mary, with beautiful language, exalts the Lord. Because she knows something amazing is at work. And it's just beginning. Now, let's look at the resurrection. Let's jump to the end and get a sneak peek of what's coming. Now on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb, taking the aromatic spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed, while they were marveling about this, suddenly two men stood beside them in dazzling attire. The women were terribly frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then the women remembered his words, and when they returned from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles but these words seem like pure nonsense to them they were crazy to them it's insane it's it's nuts yeah this is the story we believe but these words seem like pure nonsense to them and they did not believe them it's it's nuts it's crazy again we don't take a A normal story and pull out the crazy. We start with a crazy story. Let's not normalize it or try to make it plain, especially mundane. No, it's amazing. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. He bent down and saw only the strips of linen cloth. Then he went home wondering what had happened, marveling, being amazed. Then verse 50, then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. Now during the blessing, he departed and was taken up into heaven. Here's verse 52. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple courts blessing God. It goes without saying that the resurrection of Jesus is a bigger event than John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth's womb jumping when he hears the sound of Mary's voice. Now, this is the, the culmination. This is the proof of what God is doing. This is his plan revealed finally after there were so many doubts and struggles along the way, especially when Jesus was crucified and killed. But he rose from the grave, proving, yes, God is in control and God is at work. And then you have this moment. Maybe that would seem like a bit of a downer. I I I can't imagine. I have to think it would have been a little bit uh, disheartening that oh Jesus you rose in the grave and now you're gonna leave. Well, but that's not how the apostles responded. It wasn't a downer for them. They had been shown. They had seen the resurrected Lord. They knew that God is at work. That it's not just secular, mundane, world stuff, life. No, there's the sacred. The sacred has revealed itself and won out. The sacred has shown itself. And now Jesus, reuniting with this sacred space there at the right hand of the Father, but the promise, as Luke's going to tell us at the beginning of Acts is he's coming again. He's coming back. But notice in the midst of what's happening here, what the apostles do. They worshiped him. They embraced the sacred. They they realized, uh, and they were confronted with, you could say. This is not normal. God is amazing. He is revealing something to our eyes that we can hardly even believe. They're marveling at it. But they say, yeah, give us more of that. We want more of that. We don't need more of the secular, the mundane, the normal, this fallen, broken world and how it pulls us down and gives us burdens and breaks us and strains us. Give me the sacred that Blows my mind, but invites me into that sacred space as well, and I worship. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple courts, blessing God.